for Radio 1 91FM podcast. I'm joined now by a drum bass aficionado uh, and tertiary education union under 35 council representative, Joshua James. Morena, Joshua. Kia I should say former representative. I ended my term a couple months ago. Oh, wow. Well, let's just get rid of that. Which has freed up some time for the network. It has freed up the time. Okay, well, why not just start your own union? <laughs> Well, that was kind of the the thought behind this, is that we got together and um, decided how we could collectively make some changes. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, coming from the the union, are are tutors and demonstrators, are they eligible to join the union? So the tutors and demonstrators at Otago can join the union, uh, the tertiary education union, and it's free if you earn under $15,000 and you have a short-term contract of about six months. So you can join. Unfortunately, you don't get some of the benefits because you're not covered under the collective agreement. Ah, uh, yes. The, is that the, because you're not a full-time employee? Or? Yeah. Well, the collective agreement explicitly kind of says that tutors and demonstrators aren't covered. Yeah. Um. So that's just kind of the, the the how it is at the moment. Okay. So that's a deal that was brokered between the TEU and the university. Then it's not something that's explicitly set out that those people can't, couldn't be on it. Yeah. I think it's from a, many years an ago. employment law. No. 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 Yeah. So the employment law says that they can if they want, but I think it came about many many years ago. All right. All right. Um, all right, so we're talking about tertiary, uh, the tutors, sorry, and demonstrators network. Uh, there's a survey up at the moment, but who is your typical tutor or demonstrator? So we have kind of a broad number of tutors and demonstrators across the university. Um, our survey has showed that many of them are postgraduate students, so we have a lot of PhD and master students. Yeah. But we also have a lot of uh, undergraduates at the moment, um, especially in some of the science courses. Many of them are undergraduates. Okay. Uh, I guess when it comes to PhD, like postgraduate students, you know, you can't get an allowance. No. Um, so these these jobs are really important. Yes. Um, I did want to shout out that it was recently discovered that if you're doing a PhD, you can get the um, housing allowance, accommodation supplement. Oh, yes. Um, so you can get that no matter your status. Um, and I think in Dunedin, it's around $80 a week you can get, no matter how much you earn if you're tutoring. So, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. And then that did never come up before. I just thought that was a thing that was probably known. No, it's apparently not well known. But I would oh. definitely go to go to the WINS website and see what you're eligible for. Yeah, 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 totally. Go and get everything that you're entitled to. Yeah. You're entitled to it exactly yeah yeah do it before it changes uh yeah all right so what so the network has been formed why um so in 2019 there was a change to the scales um for Mm -hmm. the pay and it was kind of only broadly implemented in this year because of covid yeah um and quite a few of us were upset about paying conditions that are offered to tutors and demonstrators at the university so we put out some Facebook messages and got together and we decided that we were going to run a survey to see how people are feeling about paying conditions and yeah from there we've just kind of we're meeting on a semi-regular basis to talk about how we can make things better yeah and it's not just pay though is it you're looking at you're looking at um you know just every requirement uh everything you're required to do under the job description you have and whether or not that is being honoured by the university. Yeah, exactly. So pay is one element of it, but uh, the other is kind of the conditions. So we're, we're seeing that some people are expected to do up to about eight hours of unpaid work a week. People aren't being offered health and safety inductions at the start of each semester, which the university policy says that they need to be. Mm-hmm. And those who are going, some of them aren't getting paid. Yeah. So we're seeing these kind of... Um, 
not necessarily breaches of the law, but we're seeing there's some skirting around the requirements that w- of what is necessary. Yeah. So, I mean, usually if I hear somebody talk about that, oh, I'm doing this unpaid work, they're not paying me, usually I'd be like, well, why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you standing up? Why aren't you walking in uh, and saying, hey, look, this is ridiculous? And, you know, a lot of people are shy. I can understand that. But, um, but when it comes to these roles... They're a big deal. A lot of students um, see um, academia as a career, a career, and and a tutoring job or a demonstrator's job. That's like the ultimate entry point, right? Yeah, it's right. You're getting experience while you're studying, and to a prospective employer, be it the University of Otago in the end or anywhere, you look pretty damn good because you've got experience straight away. Because experience is the key. How many jobs is like you need experience? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? So many, many students and demonstrators do want to go on and become academics. And you, A, want to keep your course coordinator on side for a good reference. Mm-hmm. But also there's a huge power imbalance, especially for our second or third year students who um, might be quite, this could be their first job. Yeah. Um, for PhDs who are international students, there's also a power imbalance there. Um, so there's just kind of a vast difference between what students and demonstrators have and what the course coordinator has. We're also seeing that in many instances, the course coordinator doesn't know about the policy and doesn't know about employment law. Yeah. So the course coordinators just kind of assume that everything is good and this is probably what they had to go through to get their job. So it all kind of compounds and it's a, a downward race to the bottom in terms of wages and conditions. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, the university is not letting those that, um, you know, the course coordinators and that, that they don't know what... Let, they're not letting them know what their expectations are and these people will probably be like well this is not actually a my job description you know what what does my contract from 10 15 years ago say about having to do this work now yeah exactly and there is some so we're seeing that administrators are making a lot of the decisions around pay yeah but that um, administrators within programs and departments but that decision should be resting with the course coordinator mm-hmm. but the course coordinators um, many of them just don't know anything or they also don't want to have a part of it um, maybe it's a Kiwi sense of not wanting to talk about money yeah but there's a real kind of barrier that many course coordinators put up in discussing these terms and conditions um, yeah it's ridiculous like toilet breaks you said unpaid work because um, there is an expectation Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so if we take a a paper in the humanities, for example, to run a a tutorial to its best, you should have done all of the readings, you should have prepared Mm. your slides. If a course coordinator sets about six hours of reading a week, you have to get those done in order to be able to talk about them successfully and be able to help the students and assist them in their discussions about the readings. But most tutorials get about an hour's prep. That's ridiculous because it's in your job description that you have to have that prep done. Yeah, and it's in the and it's also um, within the guidelines that you have to be paid for that prep to be done. Yep. So how are they? I mean, how are they getting away with it? Well, the thing is, not many people know about this this policy that was released in 2019. Do they not all get the policy at the beginning of their job or the the the, the course tr- coordinators? Do they not get the policy? Well, they they should, and I'm sure they did, but how many of them read all of the emails that they get is, is, is what we're running into. Many of yeah. them just haven't read the policy themselves. Yeah. So when um, in the humanities, when this started being implemented this year, most of the course coordinators didn't, weren't aware of the changes that were made two years previously, mm-hmm. even though HR had sent it out to the course coordinators and heads of schools and heads of programs. So okay. HR has been trying to get out this information, but it's just not being taken up by the course coordinators. Is the network going to go out there and land a copy of this on every desk 
Yeah, sure. That's a great idea. Yeah. We're definitely going to put our report from the survey results on every desk. We're going to publish that widely. And I think HR will be quite receptive. If HR know where there's these breaks um, in in university policy, I'm sure they'll be willing to tighten them up. Okay. And how has the university's response to the network been? Yeah, good. Um, We haven't had a lot of contact with them yet. Um, At the outset, we met with um, a gentleman from HR and we discussed our concerns. um, And from there, the network was set up. So... Um, I'm sure around the conditions stuff and around working unpaid, HR will want to tidy that up. Mm-hmm. Around pay, we might have some disagreements on it, I would anticipate. Um, the network is of the view that the bottom rate, which is currently minimum wage, should be the living wage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there will be some pushback from that. But we think, you know, everyone has should have the right to earn an income that they can live comfortably on. Oh, without doubt. Yeah, yeah. Without doubt. So that's kind of our general position, that people should be able to live with dignity. And yeah. shooters and demonstrators have that right as well. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine there's a few in the powers that be were just thinking, oh, just you'll just use the money to go pay for another BYO. Yeah, look, we're supporting the local economy. That's right. Post-COVID, that's, everyone should go to a BYO let's once a week. that eternal economy ticking over. Exactly. I even thought about, I know it's just new, but expanding it to allow RAs from halls and whatnot to get representation as well? Yeah, look, yes, eventually, maybe. Um, I'm just the spokesperson. I just kind of come out and front what our members want. Yeah. Um, It should be noted that RAs, I'm pretty sure, can join the tertiary education union as well. So essentially, if you have any job affiliated with the university, you can join the TEU. Like me? Yeah. I'm in the TEU. So so you should reach out. Often, if you're a low-income earner, your union and the TEU will give it to you for free, your membership for free. And it means that if there's anything happening at your workplace, you can go to them and they'll help you sort it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, right, uh, we're talking about the living wage here uh, in this as well. The lower, there's four pay scales, the lowest of which is $20, which is the minimum wage. Uh, and there is uh, the pay scale is based on experience, requirements, complexity of what you were doing. I mean, is it fair or, you know, um, for the pay scales, or, but the pay scales are just not in the right place? So pre-2019, the pay scales were based on kind of level of educational achievement and background experience. Yeah. So you would get the pay scale that matched, say if you had a master's degree, you'd be on X. If you'd been doing it for four years, you'd be doing X. The new pay scale was based on essentially how involved in the paper you are. The top pay scale is unattainable uh, for, for most tutors. The top pay scale says that you have to help coordinate the paper. And if you're coordinating the paper, you should be the course coordinator and not be earning $29 <laughs> yeah, an hour. That's right. That's you should right. be on a salary. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the pay scales mentions organising the other tutors. Well, that's the role of a full-time staff member to organise yeah. the tutors. It's the course coordinator's job. So we're seeing this kind of ebbing away of the course coordinator's responsibility to tutors and demonstrators. That's ridiculous. Um, so no, we think that there should be a complete revamp of the pay scales, um, both at a higher rate and more achievable steps as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the university, I mentioned to you off air, had an operating surplus in 2019 of $42.9 million. Um, you know, the university has become a business of profit. Um, they say that profit is being reinvested into the university. Um, I'm not quite sure about that. CapEx comes from the government, not from the university's coffers, so I'm not quite sure if that money's going back to the union or where it's going. Who knows? Who knows? Um, But there's room there. (laughs) 
Yeah, look, and we've seen a huge increase in enrolments of domestic students, yeah. which A, puts pressures on tutors and demonstrators, because yeah. we've got more students than ever, but also there's been an increase in revenue. So That's right. Um, and also, if we look at some of the top t- uh, top earning um, positions within the university, <laughs> they they play an important role, but tutors and demonstrators are on the coalface every day. They also play an important role. So if there's money for kind of high-end governance, there's also money for low-end um, intimate teaching, right? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so important. Yeah. The role that they play yeah. in, in, a, in another person's education while they themselves are doing their education. It's it's massive. Um, just quickly, um, you mentioned um, that not everybody is getting an idea of what the guidelines are that have been set out. And that can be worrisome in the fact that there's an ethical behaviour policy. There's a sexual misconduct policy. So if people aren't knowing everything that's within those guidelines then they're not necessarily knowing those things and where they stand right no i mean that's a good point and at the induction that's meant to happen at every semester for tutors even if you've done it six or seven times these are program run inductions these are the things that should be talked through your your um, employment rights the university policies i was talking to some tutors um, and they weren't aware that in the event of a fire they had to lead the students out into the assembly area mm-hmm. which means that they hadn't looked at the little blue slip that's on the wall of each lecture theater and seminar room so there's kind of it's, it's a ticking time bomb yeah there's going to be an event one day on campus and the tutor who's responsible won't know what to do because they haven't had the proper training. Yeah. And, you know, these are kind of real serious consequences. There's also things like um, ethical behaviour with students. Dunedin's a very small place, and, and tutors are often put in situations where they are with their students. Yeah. So these kind of policies, which are in place, should be should be discussed with the tutors and demonstrators. Oh, without doubt. Without yeah. doubt. Um, okay, so how's the uptake been, and are you calling for more to come on, do the survey, be a part of it, or have you seen a pretty high Yeah, we've level? had 76 responses to the survey so far. Well, how many are there out there? Well, there's no data that we could get about individual tutors, but there is data about contracts. Yeah. So I think, um, off the top of my head, it's around 1,200 contracts uh, issued for this semester. Yeah. Um, but many of those hold multiple, more than one contracts. Most yeah. tutors I know take about two or three papers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if we could get another 50, another 60, get us to 120, that'd be 10% of all the contracts, and that would be really great. Yeah, and they'd probably represent a 20... Yeah. 20% yeah. or so, which and, a fifth is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're hoping for that, especially in the commerce division. We're not seeing a big uptake, so we'd mm-hmm. really like, if you're in the commerce division, to, to do the survey. And to do the survey, you can just go to um, our Facebook page, the Otago Tutors and Demonstrators Network. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the, the university's not going to know you've done this. You don't need to be scared that you're worried that you're being part of some kind of industrial action. No, absolutely not. So the survey is completely anonymous. There is an option at the end to put your personal email address if you want to get involved with the network. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it's completely anonymized. We do ask for your program, but only so that we can see if there's any like particular problem areas within the university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like like I said before, with the fact that you don't want to rock the boat, it's really important these roles are for your 
your future, uh, the network and, and things like this are really important to have an advocacy group that is going to speak on your behalf that kind of keeps you sheltered and anonymous so you don't necessarily have to pay any repercussions that could, in fact, happen. So it's a really important thing for for those tutors and demonstrators, what you're doing. Yeah, and I think the network is looking at hosting an employment rights kind of seminar on on, on what you are owed. Yeah. So, and these seminars will hopefully also give you the skills to be able to negotiate with your course coordinator. Yeah. Well, go out, find the guidelines. Um, they are on the Otago University's website. You just go to otago.ac.nz forward slash human resources forward slash working at Otago. Uh, you'll be able to find the salaries and pay scales there and everything else, all the other guidelines there. Um, and how do we get involved if we want to get in contact with you or if we want to do the survey? Where do we find that? Yeah, so head to our Facebook page, the Otago View. Uh, University of Otago Tutors and Demonstrators Network Facebook page um, or if you just Google us we've had a fair bit of press which links it to mm. the, both the survey and to our Facebook page yeah yeah, and just don't forget fill out your own timesheets yes make sure you're doing your timesheets and if you're doing a four hour lab you are legally entitled to a ten minute break yes if you're working more than two hours you're entitled to a ten minute break and we know so many instances where that's not happening yeah so make sure you take your breaks yeah, it's paid. Yeah, it's paid, and uh, the downtime is really important. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for 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 many reasons. Hey, well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Uh, you are more than welcome. Have yourself a wonderful day.